Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Justin Cuthbert, solo midweek edition. You know the drill by now. Uh, it's been a bit of a quiet week in the NHL. Uh, we are two and a half weeks from the trade deadline, and we can't even really get a juicy rumor to this point, uh, which is tough on those who like to spin takes on said rumors. But alas, uh, at some point, things will get started here. And of course, we will cover it here on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast and our other shows in this podcast feed. But until then, we got to discuss, I guess, what is happening on the ice. Uh, and I think it's worth talking about the Edmonton Oilers at this point. They are in Chicago Thursday night, and they can move back into second in the Pacific Division with a win. Why or how? Well, partly because Vegas is struggling a bit here, but also because the Oilers are playing pretty well here under Jay Woodcroft. Or at least they are getting goaltending under Jay Woodcroft. They are 7-3 and three in the 10-game sample since they brought up their farmhand head coach. Uh, 36-25 on the aggregate scoreboard. Connor McDavid has 16 points in those 10 games, which is maybe closer to what he was doing last year than what he had been doing previously this year. Leon Dreisettle scoring enough to still have a share of the Rocket Richard lead all around some real positive stuff. But what's most encouraging is that the numbers, the defensive structure, and more importantly, the support seems to be there for the netminers, or at least it seems. Between Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, and a dash of Stuart Skinner, the Oilers have a 9-13 total save percentage under Woodcroft. Now, that number is skewed by the fact that Miko Koskin is at 936, Smith just at 905, Smith with more starts so far. But overall, they're getting enough goaltending right now in the goaltending that they weren't getting, at least in the final half or 22 games or so of the Dave Tippett era, or at least the third season of the Dave Tippett era. I want to give uh, Koskin and credit for a second of course he's got the numbers recently but he came out after one of his many tough outings uh and intimated that he wasn't getting enough support he was blaming some of his players or some of his coaches for what looked like just poor performance on his part when things weren't going well he was looking to put the blame elsewhere but now that things are going well he was first to point out that his success is partly due to improved structure and attention to team defense and the ability to, for the Oilers to cut down on shot quality, or at least the shot quality coming towards them for him to be able to see the puck a little bit more efficiently. Uh, so credit to him for, you know, just telling it like it is, I guess on both sides of the equation when things are both good and bad. And if you do listen to Koskinen, and if you do listen to the other players, you know, at the end of the line for Tippett and since Woodcroft took over, there's a difference. 
they sound better off. They sound like they have something to build on. They're not complaining about, you know, whether or not they have the elements of team structure in their game. They're not blaming other things. They have answers because they've got something it seems to work on. And for that reason, beyond the record, beyond having success, despite Ryan Nugent Hopkins being out and Yessi Puliarvi, both of which suffered injuries over the last 10 games, and despite, you know, Vander Kane's struggles, it seems like just those words, the atmosphere, the dialogue, that all seems, in addition to the record, validated the change, right? Now, there are a couple anomalies to consider beyond Koskin in that 936, which should not last. One of which is Leon Dreisaitl has a negative expected goals on ice ratio at present moment in these 10 games, but he's nine and zero in terms of on ice real goal differential. So you'd probably see a little bit of a regression there. Derek Ryan leads the team in goals. He has five even strength goals in 10 game. This is a non scorer normally. So a couple things that can't continue, but a couple things like the return of nudes, the return of Pooley RB, Evander Kane, get it going. That should result in some positive regression. So it's still TBD. Nothing's going to be set in stone after 10 games. But I think with certainty, we can say that this change, the change at coach, needed to happen and that the Oilers actually have a fighting chance now that they made that change. Let's go to Ilya. Ilya. Let's go to Igor Shesterkin. Shame on me for saying his name wrong. I guess I got Ilya Labushkin on the tongue. Igor Shesterkin, though. No one should mess his name up because this is, of course, the presumed Vesna Trophy winner, and maybe he should be shooting a little bit higher. Now, something really bizarre happened in the Wednesday slate in the NHL, and that was Igor Shesterkin looking for a second vulnerable. The St. Louis Blues managed to get three by him in the space of two minutes and 14 seconds to, to turn what was a deficit in that game into a sudden advantage. And that's the sort of like three goals happening in rapid succession. That's the sort of game-changing sequence that almost always the de- determines the results of a game, right? But Chesterkin, as he's been all season long, was perfect in the other 57 minutes, at least it seems. He has been perfect all year. And the Rangers won that game anyway. And that's the sort of game-changing sequence that would normally crater a netminder's numbers, right? Three goals. Like, all of a sudden, you're building something. You're getting back up to 920, and all of a sudden, 915. But because Shesterkin's been playing so well and has been so dominant, historically and just in the moment, it barely caused a ripple. That three-goal blemish for a goaltender playing at his level saw his all-situations goals or save percentage drop from 941 to just 940. A measly 940. Now, if that 940 save percentage over the next 28 games that the Rangers have to play, and it'll be about 18, 19 starts for Shesterkin, given the Rangers' willingness to still involve backup Alexander Gorgiev, Shesterkin will author the second-best single-season save percentage in the 100-plus history of the NHL. That is for goaltenders that play a reasonable amount. I put that at 30 games. Only Jacques Plante of the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1970-71 stopped a greater percentage of rubber fired in his direction over a reasonable sample. Now, 
I don't really want to compare Plant to Chesterkin. I will, however, compare him to Carey Price, who was the last goaltender to win the Hart Trophy and arguably had the best single season by a netminder in the salary cap era in 2014-15. Last nod forward to win the Hart Trophy. In that season, Price had 44 wins, 9 shutouts, 9.33 save percentage. He also had a 0.55 goal saved above average across every 60 minutes. So that basically means that Carey Price, compared to the average goaltender or a computer-generated goaltender that should give you the average, he was about a half goal better per 60 minutes per game. His total GSAA, so the goal saved above average accrued across the entire season, was 36.71. So again, he was 36.7 goals better than the average based on the same conditions in terms of shot quality and chances. So seven years later, Igor Shostyrkin, he's having a much better season based on relative shot quality. He has saved a full goal more per game or per 60 minutes than the computer simulated average. So that's about a half goal better than Carey Price. And when you look at his total, Again, for Carey Price, that was 36.7. Shostyrkin's at 34.58 right now in 35 appearances. Price had 66 games to get to 36.7. That means that Shostyrkin would have to be basically that computer or just a little bit of an enhanced version of that computer to not soar past Price based on this metric of relative total performance. So earlier in the week, I talked about what would it take for the candidates to win the Hart Trophy. Shesyurkin was among those players, but I said that usage will dock him. Uh, he's playing only about 62% of the Rangers games. And when you look at Price, seven years ago, he was at like 83. Most goaltenders that transcend the category, their category being the Vezina Trophy, probably have to at least be considered a workhorse. But if things continue, the way they are, voters may have to decide at the end of the season what the single best performance by a starting goaltender in the modern era and perhaps beyond is worth in the debate over the league's most valuable player. And when you put it in those terms, the case for Shostyrkin seems real strong. Okay, let's move to the power five. Uh, no betting tip for me this week. Don't have much. I don't want to give you bad information. A change at the top of the Power Five. The Leafs are not playing well. The Wild are not playing well. Florida and Vegas, they're not playing well. I guess the biggest outlier or the biggest snub would be the Florida Panthers, who, despite a little bit of a bump, are still one of the league's best teams. But they are not included this week. Taking their spot at number five is the, are the, St. Louis Blues. Four wins in a row for them before their loss to Shestierkin's Rangers on Wednesday night and 13 of 14 points before that. So a nice little run for the St. Louis Blues. I think this is the dark horse of the Western Conference. Uh, they got the fifth best goal difference in the league. They got two real quality net minders. And they don't have the cap space per se. But I think with the way they have their team payroll structured, they can make a move. Like they have the flexibility. They'll just have to trade some salary. But it's not like other teams where they have to, you know, 
circumvent the cap, hide money, find somewhere else to take on money. Like, I feel like the the St. Louis Blues can make a quote-unquote hockey deal, and they have that flexibility before the deadline. So a team to watch. Number four, four is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this team is just having fun, right? Just like Canadian tuxedos to the outdoor game, win the outdoor game, go party on Broadway. Just enjoy themselves. And why wouldn't you enjoy yourself after winning back-to-back Stanley Cups while still remaining one of the best teams in the league? Now, all this talk about the third line throughout the season, before the season, after they lost those players. Now, they haven't promoted Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, and P.E. Belmar to that third line. They have enough players that they don't need to do that. But with those three guys, they have a bottom six line, and a fourth line in this case, with underlying data flirting like league best numbers. Those three guys out of the fourth line, and playing a lot of minutes, have a 76% expected goals in 375 total minutes this season. That's wild. Number three is the Carolina Hurricanes. In my mind, I felt this team was like struggling a little bit. They have five wins and an OT loss in their last six games. Like nothing really to be concerned about at all. They just keep winning. They are as consistent as any team in the NHL. They have been since the start of the season. They are the class of the East, at least in the regular season. Uh, and they're just like a, they're just like kind of hockey perfection. Yeah, little things like potentially giving up. Yes, Barry Cutkin, Yemi after spending a lot to get him and this summer. Yeah, they don't do things everything everything perfect, but when it's about what's just on the ice, pretty bulletproof. Bulletproof rather. Number two is the Calgary Flames. They're the one team that's sort of broken into this like top three that sort of stayed the same all year. 12 wins from their last 13 games, and they did get their money's worth on that loss, getting smashed the second half of the back-to-back on Hockey Night in Canada by the Canucks. But this team just has it all going right now. They got a Vesna candidate. They got a Jack Adams candidate. They got a Selkie candidate. They maybe got the best line in hockey. They maybe have an MVP candidate, at least at the periphery in Johnny Goodrow. They made... The biggest deal of the year so far, getting Tyler Toffoli, and that had an immediate impact. I mean, they just have it all going right now. Calgary, one of the teams of the season, one of the teams to watch, and certainly they should be respected here as we gear up for the postseason. But the number one team, the Colorado Avalanche, the Calgary Flames, the Carolina Hurricanes, they are not the Colorado Avalanche, who got to 40 wins in 54 games, the second fewest or tied for the second fewest in NHL history. And they started the season slow. Colorado is a cut above, man. They're probably going to remain in this top spot through until the rest of the season and through until they meet that adversary in the postseason. Not saying they're going to lose. Not saying they're a shoe in to win. They, like many other teams, have it all to prove when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. We'll leave it there. More to come on all of our shows. It's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 